It's always great when you get chimed in by the bells. St. Mark's, thank you. <clears throat> so this is our last of our series that we've been looking at um, on our life rhythms, and this is also Commitment Sunday. So I'm going to talk you through a little bit about um, what that looks like and what we're going to do. Um, so if you're a guest or visitor here, we've been working through a series over the last number of weeks looking at the kind of life rhythms that we want to have in our lives and how if we're going to follow Jesus, it looks like something. It looks like intentionality. Um, and so at the end, we're going to say a prayer uh, of commitment, which we do once a year as we commit ourselves again to um, following Jesus in the context of this church community. So if this is your church community, you can join in that prayer. If it's not your church community, don't feel that you have to join in in the prayer. Um, it's all up to you. So we want life rhythms to be part of our culture. So although this is the last week that we're going to be um, looking at it in terms of sermons, we are going to stay on this because it's very hard, isn't it, to get a, a rhythm developed in your life and really stick to it and keep at it over a longer period of time. But if we just put up on the screen there the wee quadrant, you'll see that we have been looking at this over the last four weeks. The first week we looked at prayer and abiding, um, how we pray, read the Bible, build some good disciplines in our lives, family and relationships, because investing in relationships in our lives, key people in our lives, is just as spiritual and just as important. Mission and, and work. So we looked at where God has placed us, what we do in the place that God has placed us, how we are a witness to his goodness, but also how it's important for us to think about what is it God has called me to do, to change, to affect wherever he has placed us. So we talked, one of the things we talked about in that week was the sense of holy ambition, um, that God has placed us in a lot of places to thrive. And then last week, very importantly, we looked at rest and health, but all those talks are on the podcast if you want to go back and listen to them. And uh, when we were talking over the last few weeks, we said that your systems are designed to get the results that you are, are getting. And so lots of us find it very hard to um, keep up spiritual disciplines, to follow Jesus in an intentional way. And so that's why we're doing this. Whether you've been a Christian uh, for a couple of months or a few decades or more, you will know that unless you're intentional about reading your Bible, praying, worshiping, setting time aside to spend with God, setting time aside to spend time with family and friends, a lot of these things don't happen. But maybe like me, when you were putting your quadrant together, that by the end of the fourth week, you went, if you had half a dozen, uh, I can't do good maths, let's go for five. If you had five points on each uh, of the quadrants, then you had 20 in total. Um, I'm only joking, I do you know my six times tables as well. But um, it's a lot. And so uh, there's, it's important to be realistic and kind of go, right, what can I do? Um, but one of the things that, that sometimes we do as Christians is uh, that we're so scared of failure that we set the bar so low to make sure that we don't fail. You know, so like, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to read a verse once a week. Yes, done every week, just nailing it, you know. Um, that's, don't do that. On the other hand, don't set so many things in place that you don't do that either. But there are three things I'd like you to think about. The first one is that the purpose of any rhythms that we place in our lives is to be more like Jesus. It's not just to adhere to rules for the sake of adhering to rules. 
to seem to be a better person or to tick some kind of magic and invisible spiritual boxes that, that kind of, you, you know, that's how you just define whether you're a good Christian or not. It's about looking more like Jesus. And when we look at the Bible, we see that Jesus had spiritual rhythms in his life. He often withdrew to lonely places to pray. He got up early in the morning. He went to the temple. He went to the synagogue. We see these things, these rhythms in his life too. So we need to look more like Jesus. The second thing is that we do this in community. That it's not just you on your own. We think very individualistically in our Western society, but we're actually called to be in community, to be connected to one another. We're going to talk about that a bit more um, slightly later. And the third thing, and something I just really want to focus on specifically um, this morning for a couple of minutes, is that we have the Holy Spirit in us to bring about the radical transformation that effort alone cannot do. Okay? Because... Effort alone results in behavior modification. But effort plus the Holy Spirit results in transformation. And the word transformation, when we look at it in the Bible, is actually the word metamorphosis, which describes that amazing thing that happens in lots of things in nature. But we pick caterpillar and butterfly, because that's my favorite one. Um, That also happens in humans, by the way. Um, I'll let you figure that one out. But metamorphosis transforms us. The work of the Holy Spirit is to transform us that our efforts alone cannot do. And so we we see this in in Scripture, actually, when Jesus um, has started his ministry and um, he's uh, healing the sick, he's um, opening blind eyes, he's talking about the kingdom of God. And one of the top religious leaders of the day comes to him. So somebody who's doing all the stuff, the, the Pharisees, they're the ones that are really good at doing all the works, comes to him and basically goes, what's different about what you're doing compared to what we're doing? And verses on the screen here from John chapter 3. And Jesus says to this guy, Nicodemus, he comes to him at night because he's kind of a bit embarrassed that although he's supposed to be a religious leader, he's like, Jesus, you've got something that I don't. And Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it has come from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit." So Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you know, all this behavior modification that you Pharisees do will take you so far, but you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. You're not going to enter true relationship with God unless something supernatural happens in your life, that you would be born of the water and of the spirit. And and Nicodemus, when when Jesus says you must be born again, um, some people say it when he says this once in the whole scripture. It doesn't. Um, and maybe in those exact words, but that, that metaphor is in scripture a number of times. But Nicodemus then has this wee conversation, can I enter my mother's womb again? And Jesus is like, we know the answer is no there. Um, and, and, and then Jesus said, look, Nicodemus, if you can't work this out, it's really interesting. Verse 10, a few verses on, I don't have it on the screen, but, but Jesus says, look, you're Israel's teacher. And you don't understand these things. So he's saying, you should know this. This should make sense to you, Nicodemus, if you know the scriptures. And 
the Old Testament prophets actually spoke about this supernatural transformation in a way that I think is really helpful for us. So these verses, some of my favorite verses um, on the screen now from Ezekiel, and Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. And actually, um, Jeremiah and Ezekiel talk about this, and the writer to the Hebrews, whoever that may be, um, he talks about it as well. And it says this, I, so this is God speaking to the children of Israel who spent hundreds of years trying to follow him by keeping his laws and failing. He says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So God says, what is impossible for man to do, I'm going to come and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to give you, I'm going to do something supernatural in you that looks like new life, like rebirth. I'm going to take away your heart of stone. I'm going to do a heart transplant. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put my spirit in you to move you. I, you know, God is saying, hey, I'm going to move you. If you will cooperate with me, I'm going to move you and help you to follow my decrees, and to keep my laws. And isn't that amazing? But it's also a real relief for us that whatever our little efforts are in our life rhythms of following Jesus, that on top of that, God himself, the Spirit of God, overshadows us and works in and through us to make our little efforts really mean something in terms of change and transformation in our lives. That is good news for us. And so let's not set our sights too low when it comes to these spiritual rhythms. Let's expect, let's actually, so here's the thing. If you set your spiritual rhythms uh, plan so low that you alone can achieve it, you haven't left room for God working in your life. You haven't left room for the spirit working in your life. If you set your spiritual rhythms to the point where you think, I'm not going to be able to do this. Unless God comes and helps me, this isn't going to work. That's a great place to be. You've left room for the spirit of God. You're actually going, God, I need you with this stuff. I need you to come and to help me. It's very hard for us at times to admit that we need God or we need him to move. But let's invite him in. So we've done these four weeks, and we're moving to a place of, of our commitment Sunday. Um, and, and the idea of this is really, it's, not, it's a big thing in some ways, um, but it's a sense in which for at least the next year, what we're saying together is, I'm committing to walk with this family, this body of Christ, to love these people as weird as they are, um, I'm not looking at anybody in particular as I'm saying that, just to be clear. Um, I'm looking at myself. We're, we're going to love each other and try and live this faith thing out together in the context of community. And do you know what's amazing? Just wonderful and beautiful how we see God in each other and our love for each other, as the Bible says, that they'll know that you're my, my disciples by your love for one another. That's a powerful witness. And so God treats us as individuals. He calls us individually to follow him. And that's what we've kind of been doing with our life rhythms. But even in our life rhythms, we recognize that 
it's not an individual process, that we're actually called into community. And so the freedom that we have as individuals actually really comes alive when we recognize that we're connected to the other people around us. Apostle Paul talks about this, and just so you keep concentrating, Debbie's going to come up and read this lovely passage from 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 to 27, about being part of the body of Christ. Okay, so just if you're looking it up, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 27. There is one body, but it has many parts. But all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We were all baptized by one Holy Spirit, and so we are formed into one body. It didn't matter whether we were Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free people. We were all given the same spirit to drink. So the body is not just made up of one part. It has many parts. Suppose the foot says, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. And suppose the ear says, I'm not an eye, so I don't belong to the body. By saying this, it cannot stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how could it hear? If the whole body were an ear, how could it smell? <coughs> Excuse me. God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The, pr the private parts aren't shown, but they're treated with special care. The parts that can be shown don't need special care, but God has put together all the parts of the body and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. In that way, the parts of the body will not take sides. All of them will care for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part shares in its joy. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. Thank you, Debbie. And, and those words are amazing, and they kind of just remind us that, as Paul has used that metaphor, you can't be an individual part of the body, um, and it's just it's such a clear thing, and not be part of or connected to other parts of the body, because it's only when we're connected together that we can truly function and function really well. And you know, it's important to to ask God, you know, what is my unique individual part? How do I play my part and what, what does that look like? Um, so we're going to pray our prayer of commitment in a few minutes' time. But before that, we would love just to get um, just a few different people who play different parts in our body of Christ up to tell us um, what they have been doing and what they've learned over the last number of weeks and maybe over the last number of years in their life in terms of spiritual rhythms. So um, over to you. Okay, Lisa. All right, everybody, this is the lovely Lisa, and she is going to start off by telling us a little bit about who she is. 
Lisa. Um, I have three kitties that come along here. Um, I am part of worship, as you can see, which I absolutely love. And um, still feel a wee bit shaky from this morning. Um, <laughs> adrenaline going. Um, I'm a physio, and I've been coming to um, Manuelson from when we started, really. So. Okay, so in terms of the life rhythms that we have been looking at over the last number of weeks, um, what has maybe stood out for you in terms of what God has been speaking to you about? Um, well, I got quite excited whenever I saw this um, uh, this come up as a to our, our topic, and um, because it was something I had really been praying and thinking an awful lot about this time last year. So I don't know if you remember, we were in kind of this like lockdown thing where we can go anywhere, or do anything, and I think our series at the very start was sort of prepare the way, and um, it was getting us to think about what we could do in our lives to make us more Christ-like. Um, and one of the things that had just been really bugging me, if I'm really honest, is the fact that I just could not secure a good time um, and weekly rhythm um, for spending time with God and getting into my devotions. I became a Christian just before I became a mummy and the mummy thing really sort of took over and my, your rhythms as a mummy keep changing all the time and I would start things and then I would stop and I would do a different book and I would stop and and it just could never seem to really get something where it was just habit. Um, so it was the start of January last year and we were starting off with the plan and I was like, right, this is it. And I says, Lord, I've just got to make this work and I don't really have excuses because my kids are all up a wee bit now and, um, you know, there's not as much on. Our rhythms had all kind of been stripped away and there was just more time. I was like, this is it. I have to secure it and I'll, I'll maybe just try and do the New Testament for um, the yearly plan. But I was, Lord, you're just going to have to help me do this because I've tried before and I've, you know, read plenty of the Bible, but I've never like actually, and I'll be honest, never read the whole Bible through. Um, and it was just something I really, really wanted to do. So um, I said, Lord, you're going to have to go before me in this. And I, I came to the realization it was going to have to do it first thing. It had to be, the, you know, before the kids got up and the house got noisy and because then the rest of the day just went. So um I started just on the 1st of January, getting up at six o'clock and just started with the plan. And I'll be honest with you, like, it's not easy. Do you know, I think sometimes some of the books are really easy to read. Some of them aren't. My mind kept getting distracted. I realized I was going to have to go for the decaf coffee first thing, just so that my brain didn't go into what I need to do today. Um, and I got really stuck into it. And the amazing thing was that I didn't actually even have to set my alarm. God had woken me up, I believe before at five to six um, and I was up every morning at six but like a few weeks in I was actually googling how long do you have to keep doing something before it becomes a habit because I was like I was still struggling a wee bit just to kind of get my mind into it as a, you know something I could do so I was just so pleased to be able to get to the end of the year and have finished the New Testament um, and I must add in that I am um, I used Phil's devotionals you know on the website as well because that really helped me keep focus and you know understand what I was reading and I'm now I've started into the Old Testament and that's what I'm going to do this year but do you know I think we're all thinking about things like self-care and things that are good for us and I just feel like this has been life-giving for me this has been my self-care this has been what God knows is what I needed but I mean you could do all the other things but essentially this was the most important thing and when you see all the stuff on the screen of what to do I just knew that this was the one thing out of everything that I needed to secure and hopefully I have it done it now. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Thanks so much, Lisa. And for anybody actually who's doing the, the New Testament, um, Philip Emerson also has little videos that he puts up on Facebook every day. And uh, they're just brilliant, just to give a bit of support and to encourage you to delve into it a bit more yourself and to direct you as you do that. So I would really encourage you as well to have a look at that. Okay, Stephen, up you come. Now, I'm sure I've seen you somewhere before. Who are you? Wasn't McGabby Prison, no. Um, my name is Stephen McIntyre. I'm part of the lead team here in Emmanuel Portadown, husband to lovely Bruna at the back, and three kids in, in, in I was going to say in crash, but they're not. They're nine, eight, and seven. They're in oh, and six, and yeah. yeah, in in the kids stuff. So um, so yeah, home life can be can be busy. I'm full time salesman out in the road a lot too in the car. So um, yeah, life's life's busy. Yes, yeah, so so in church here, I'm sort of in charge of looking after the life groups. If anybody has given me their name or have got their name over the last couple of weeks for life groups, I am in the process of getting you sorted out, so don't panic. <laughs> We're getting there. Um, but if anybody does want to be in life groups, please just give me a shout. Um, it's been lovely to see, actually, over with lockdown, COVID and everything that has happened the last couple of years, to, to see maybe 70 or 80% of the church has come into life groups, which is which is brilliant. It just felt like... At the time when, when COVID was coming in, it, it sort of got the picture of God was putting a belt right around Emmanuel Portadown and tightening it and keeping us all a real, you know, tightening the congregation. So it has been, it's been lovely from that point of view. Um, this man has also and continues to be very faithful in leading our Friday night prayer walk. And it's been going on for years and years now. Um, so if you want to find out more about that, then you can have a chat with him about that too. Um, so talk to me about your journey with this whole life rhythms that we've been on as a church family. Um, I've done it a list. Just not, not because I'm going to talk for 20 minutes, but just because I, I forget things very easily. Um, yeah, well, ha not having been here this last three weeks because we've had COVID in the house and it's just been gotten up and able to get out to church. But um, having reflected over the... The, the four the, the quadrants and, and what have you. I think it's been nice to see what rhythms we already had in place personally and as a family. Um, the, the things that would be probably non-negotiable for us, the things that when you write in your diary, they're written in pen and um, they're not written in pencil. Things like well, your Sunday morning, but also the prayer meeting, Wednesday prayer meetings, that, that is a, a must. One of us, but obviously with, with young kids and, and the busy you know, home life, It'll be either myself or Bruno will be there. We we'll sort of commit to that as a as a couple that one of us will be at the prayer meeting. Um, Friday night works out well that that I can go to that. Fridays are, are busy, but the the Friday night prayer walk um, probably started just before we planted a church here and poured it down because we wanted to get a sense of what God was doing. And then when we started the church, um, I thought, well, we don't need to pray anymore. And then well, I thought, well, well, yes, we do. We need to pray more, pray more than ever. And I've never come up. I've never been able to come up with a reason to to stop praying on Friday nights. So it just kept going, and it's been lovely to see that growing from two or three of us to, you know, seven, eight or nine of us on a, on a Friday night. So we'll meet in the in the Iceland car park, which will be the car park we'll be, we'll be meeting in at the back of when we move to Toymaster, Friday night six to seven. So we, we'll meet um, 
whoever turns up, three, four, five, six, seven of us, and we'll walk around in twos or threes around the town. So if you want to come along to that, please do. It, it's just um, it's a lovely thing to do. Uh, as well as that, I said the Ducko on Friday night. It has actually become one of those things that while we're praying and carrying God's spirit around the town, it's actually really built up some really good solid friendships and fellowship as well. So, um, you know, it's been nice from that point of view too. Uh, the, other, the other things that we would, would have, even things like tithing, you know, um, those are one of the, the like a starting order we have for tithing just as a, as a monthly rhythm that we have because whenever it gets to the end of the month and, and there's too much month left for the money that's in your account, <laughs> well, you can know, well, you know, you know what, my first fruit went to God and he's my, my provider. It's not my employer. It's not Bruno's employer. So th- those are things that, that that's just, that's just a, a, a regular ongoing. Um, as well as that, being, you know, having, having three children, my family is my first ministry. So, uh, and... To be able to, um, to to mentor on a daily basis three young kids in the ways of the Lord and get them so grounded in the scriptures and grounded in those life rhythms has, has just been, um, you know, it, it's a real responsibility. Um, it was probably your, your first calling, I would say, uh, in terms of, of church. Um, I was out in the road there a few months ago just just praying, Lord, what would you have me do? And I just felt God saying to strengthen the church. So my heart has been, is very much for the local church. Um, Janet Nelson will know the, the work that we've involved in in India, and that has been a big part of my, my life for, for a long time. Um, but now I really feel my heart is for the local church and to, to strengthen the local church. And, and those, even those, those rhythms that I would have had in my life before, even before children come along, getting married and going on prayer walks and different things that I had maybe more time for, things like that I probably need to challenge myself a wee bit more in and, and try and get things like that back into. I, I sometimes just like to get away on my own, you know, when you're, when you're busy with work and family and all that, you just like your own space and going on prayer walks is uh, one of the things that I've maybe let slip a wee bit, so I want to try and get that back into my, my weekly rhythm. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Stephen. Um, Sandra, if you can. Hello, how are you? That's good. So this is Sandra. She, um, how long have you been here now? Since September. September. Yeah. Seems like longer. You're part of the furniture now. Um, so Sandra, tell us a little bit about who you are. Would be perfect. Well, I'm Sandra and I'm a blow-in from Portrush, as you'll hear from the accent. Don't speak like the rest of you. Um, moved here in 2017 with my husband, who's from Lurgan, and we didn't really have a church for a while. Um, but then we found here, and I mean, it's just home. It's so lovely. It's such a family atmosphere. You know, I have two teenage boys, so prayers are gratefully accepted for that. Um, I haven't got them here yet, but we're working on it. Um, and yeah, it's just a great place to be. There's so much on offer, you know, there's just so many things. We've become part of Sharon and Keith's life groups and met people that we, you know, would never really have met before. And I feel like we're a little bunch of happy misfits and it's, <laughs> it's great. But um, I also volunteer on a Friday morning in Connect Cafe, which is brilliant. It's, you know, as good for me as, as anything else. And, you know, God's just so all over it. One of the things that really stands out to me is that a couple of weeks ago, you know, we have a prayer time at the beginning and Chris was praying to see a particular person who we hadn't seen in a while. And not 30 seconds later, but that man who isn't local walked through the door 
and it was like, oh, you know, God was like, I've got this, Chris, you know, like, I'm, all, I'm already there. So, you know, it's just such a, a brilliant space. So, um, so has this been this journey, this series we've been looking at the life rhythms? Has it been useful for you, and what does that look like? Well, definitely, I have realised I need a lot more structure in my my praying. Um, I've downloaded the Bible in a year app, and I'm not really that far forward in it, but um, we're getting there. Um, one of the other things in the prayer and abiding is that I. But like, although I'm from Church of Ireland background and I was baptised as a baby, but I would like to be baptised, you know, again. Uh, yeah, so it's a wee nudge there. Um, it's, it's just about, you know, taking the time to be by yourself as well and, you know, don't let life get on top of you. And, and as Stephen was saying, you do need to have that time. As the wee book I'm just looking at says, just be still, you know, like all our heads are just going, going, going all the time. So it's just taking that time to just with God and and you know clear your mind you listen and, and make things still and quiet thank you so much all right we are very blessed that God led your direction so Chris is going to come up again for another few minutes all right so we're near, nearly there um, and so we want to do two things really it's great to you know, just to hear people's stories, you know, that we're all kind of on this journey. It looks a little bit different. Um, there's parts of it are to do with us as individuals. There's parts of it are to do with how we connect together as a community. But one of the things we want to do now as a community is to take communion. And because of COVID, we haven't been able to do that very much together. But on our commitment Sunday, our, our primary commitment is to Jesus. Um, and as we remember him and thank him for what he has done on, on the cross. So you should have hopefully one of these. If you don't, our um, stewards have them at the back. But uh, you have to be a little bit careful. There are two film lids on it, okay? So um, the first one, if you peel it off, you'll get the little wafer. And the second one, you'll get the juice. But um, let's, let's pray. Uh, and we'll, so this is us doing this together as Jesus commanded that we would um, remember his sacrifice that brings uh, us life. So, Jesus, we thank you for your body broken. Lord, we thank you that you went to the cross and you died for our sins. God, we thank you for your blood shed, that you let everything go on the cross, that you gave everything so that we could come into relationship with the Father, so we could know the same relationship that you have. So we thank you, God, again. We bless you. We acknowledge that it is only through Jesus that we have a relationship with God, that we find purpose and hope and identity. We thank you for that. Amen. Let's take the, the body and the blood. Okay, that's an interesting noise. That's everybody dealing with their little pieces of plastic. 
Um, but what we'd love to do now is we're going to, to stand and we're going to say this prayer of commitment together. Um, and as I said earlier, if you want to join in this, that you're committing to as much as you can to walk with this church and this this body together for the next year, you can do that, but don't feel obligated to do that if you, if you don't want to, to. So let's stand and we'll read this out together. Jesus, today we affirm your lordship and the reign of your kingdom in our lives. We also recognize the primary place in scripture for the local church. We believe the Spirit has drawn us to the body of believers at Emmanuel Church, Portadine. And by your grace, we desire to contribute towards the health and flourishing of this local church in its vision to fulfill the Great Commission. By your grace, we will strive to pursue the bond of peace and love our brothers and sisters in word, speech, and actions. Though not perfect, we recognize those called as appointed as leaders of this household of faith and choose to pray, support, and bless them as they seek to equip the body for the work of the ministry and shepherd the flock. We give our yes to Emmanuel Church's vision and leadership through our words, service, and giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So uh, take a wee seat and we'll pray just to finish. Jesus, we thank you that uh, you have been with us over the last number of weeks as we have talked about what it looks like to follow you in, in all of our lives. Uh, and we lo know, Lord, that as we commit ourselves again as much as we can to following you in the context of this body of Christ, that you will be with us. And I pray that we would just know and feel you connecting our hearts together in this community, that we would love one another, that we would prefer one another, that we would seek to um, develop the bond of peace with each other, to pray for each other and the leadership of this church. Lord, we thank you that you're with us. Will you guide us and lead us in Jesus' name? Amen.